Hello everybody, good evening, welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cammy Black, uh, joining me this evening, it's our it's our 150th episode, inexplicably, we've managed to hit the big 150, um, we're not doing anything special for it, I just, as I was typing it in today to set the uh, live stream up, I, I suddenly realised we were on 150. Um, this shows how well prepared we are for these things in advance. Um, anyway, joining me for this momentous occasion, we have Rory Baldwin. Good evening, Rory. Hello, how are you? Uh, John Anderson. Good evening, folks. And Ian here. Good evening, Ian. Hello. I've just noticed my, one of my posters is squint now. <laughs> That's what this is. That's going to bug me. Um, <laughs> if you, if at any point tonight, I mean, you've, you've already taken us for a beer a couple of times this year <laughs> to the fridge during... Uh, Four well, you see the ones, yeah. So if you need to get up and straighten it, you can do. I guess I'll be fine for now. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just lean over so I can't see it. There we go. <laughs> I've done that before on on the live video. I actually moved my chair very slightly to like like get a decent guitar and shot. Yeah, see, I'm not. See, I'm I'm in the kids' playroom as we've discussed before on the podcast. All you can see is a pile of boxes. What's in the red? What's in the red box? The red box is, is Sylvanian families. Oh, class. Yeah, there's trains somewhere down there. I've got a, got a toy kettle here that makes strange sounds when you pick it up. There seems to be a chicken now. stuck in your kettle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ian, 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 you're now you're now okay with chicken, aren't you? After your your birthday yeah. antics. Wow. Yeah. Um, Back on the chicken, Ian. Back on the chicken. Deep into the chicken. I don't know yet. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to go elbow deep into it, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, right, moving on anyway. Um, you, if you're watching us uh, this evening, you can watch us on YouTube, Periscope, uh, and Twitch. And you can also watch us um, on um, other places as well. If you listen to the podcast, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Acast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you can get your podcasts from. We're on on, on them all, I think. If we, if you've got a favourite podcast app and we're not there, let me know and we can sort that out. Uh, you can find us on the blog as well, scottishrugbyblog.co.uk for the latest news and views on Scottish rugby. Um, you can also, if you want to um, listen to the podcast without adverts or you think that we ramble on too much and you'd rather have a condensed version of the pod or you just want to support what we do, you can sign up for our Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash Podcast, then you can sign up to the Patreon for £3 a month uh, and that will get you into the Richie Vernon Thunderdome. If you pay £5 a month, then you get into the Doogie Donnelly Members Lounge where we'll take your coat, sit you down, buy you a lovely drink. Uh, we'll also read your name, uh, a virtual drink, I should say. We don't actually uh, have the ability to, to get to give you drinks over the internet. Um, we're a responsible, uh, a responsible establishment. Um, if you pay five pounds a month, though, you get your name read out on the podcast. Um, so, big thank you to, well, and we've had a few sign up um, since uh, last time. So we've got Dave Grisbowski, and I hope I pronounced that correctly. Colin Black, no relation, I don't think. Matt Blake. And Jamie Gervin, who has paid uh, £10 a month. So you can pay more than £5. So thank you very much to Jamie. Um, and if you do that, you're supporting uh, the podcast. Um, and in return, we'll give you exclusive content. See, I, uh, so I, I, I do like Breezebowski. It sounds like a sort of grizzled New York cop. I'd, I'd like to think that he's, he's he thinks he's signed up for some true crime podcast and by accident. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I think he is. I, I think he's a genuinely Scottish rugby fan. He's uh, on the super secret Facebook page as well, which you can get access to if you sign up to the Patreon. And there's lots of good fun chat over there. So if you, yeah, our patrons have chosen their own Lions 15 as well, which we're going to be talking about later on. Um, we are also sponsored uh, by Manscaped. Um, I know I said that was coming to an end, but it's been so success successful, inexplicably so successful, uh, that they've asked to continue uh, sponsoring us, and we've said yes, they can. They can continue to give us money in return for us uh, pimping out their products. Um, so um, this month, as you go, yeah, back we're back in rugby training for those of you still uh, non-contact. I think they're aiming for contact around the twenty fourth of April, but obviously you want to get yourself back in shape, so. Now is the time to get yourself all prepped down below. Invest in some um, male grooming equipment from Manscaped. You can buy some trimmers. You can get various oils and ointments. You can get nose hair trimmers. Um, and if you go to manscaped.com slash scottishrugby or manscaped.com and put in the code SRP, you will get 20% off plus free shipping. So it's manscaped.com, enter the code SRP, and you get 20% off plus free shipping, and you'll be helping the podcast out as well. Um, it's also, and Manscaped are, do kind of uh, support and promote uh, a testicular cancer charities. Uh, so, you know, if you are trimming or having a little check down there, it's recommended to have a little check once a month. If you find anything unusual, get yourself to the doctor. So, um, you know, it's all the, the, they do think good things for good causes as well. So um, that is uh, who we are sponsored by, and we will be for the next three months. After that, who knows? We shall see. Anyway, on with the rugby. Um, given the training's back on what I should say, we did used to have a regular section of the podcast called Crap Call-Offs, but we haven't had any because um, the pandemic called off all rugby. So kind of uh, the, the biggest crap. call-offs. Yeah, exactly, the crappiest call-off of them all. So it, now training's back on. We, we'd like your crap call-offs again. So if anybody's called off training or a game when games get back on, for a really crap reason, do let us know, and we're happy to name and shame. Uh, we've had examples in the past. We had a prop who went to a ballet. Uh, we had a fully grown adult man who went pony trekking with his grandmother. Um, there was a lad who had a big tea the night before and was still too full to train. And then we've had people, various people get their hair cut and uh, gone on shopping trips with their significant others. Um, was, there, was there not one boy It was something to do with crashing a submarine in an oil rig or something? Yeah. Yes. Was. That was a that pretty was... spectacular crap call-off. I think we had two. I think we had a double crap call-off with that one for the same incident. I think someone got stuck on the oil rig. And then I think we also then had the person who then had to go and fix the oil rig called <laughs> off from their own match. <laughs> Who wrote in the week after? <laughs> can you can could we also say like a crap call off for rugby training uh, is like being on live here potentially? <laughs> <laughs> potentially. potentially. Um, the only there's some little bits of news this week. Uh, Dominic Mackay is leaving the SRU slightly earlier than <clears throat> thought, um, and Nathan Bombrys now. John and Ian, you may know what he's gone to do is he, he's gone to a job at the big house at Murrayfield. He's not managing director of Glasgow anymore. What's he doing at, at Murrayfield? Do we know? Some kind of promo thing, isn't it? Yeah. Some, like some, head, head, of promotions, international... head of international commercial projects. Oh, well, there you go. Well done. So basically he's now in charge of old, old, uh, old boys DC or whatever they're called. Yeah. Trying to get as much money out of the American market as possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would be my guess. 
Yeah, so the suggestion is, I think certainly the offside line was suggesting that uh, Dominic Mackay's rule may just be uh, kicked in the long grass and various people might get bits of it to do. So the rule might not exist anymore, which is why Nathan Bombers may have moved across. Um, the other bit of news, although it's not news yet, it'll be news tomorrow, is the SIU are going to announce two new sponsors tomorrow at, I think, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock in the morning. Oof. Two separate announcements. I mean, I'm assuming it's BT and Macron. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to bring back the little famous Grouse remote control kicking tee thing. Oh, how good oh. was that? Yeah. Famous Grouse are all over other things. They're all very like English Premiership and stuff now, though. They've moved on from just being a Scottish concern. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we can, but we can but dream. Tonics Tea Cakes was the other popular one, but I don't think Tonics are particularly popular in Scotland at the minute. For various political reasons, um, I couldn't think of anybody else that would be hankering after spot tenants, maybe because they do the the what man of the match, which is the can of tenants frozen in ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> Martin Bell suggested Manscaped to sponsor the SRU too. It could be. I'm still not convinced that Manscaped don't believe that actually we are the SRU. <laughs> 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 they think we're the official one or something. The official one, yeah, going right. We're doing really good. Um, yeah, Jordan, Jordan Gooseline says you can tell the uh, hairdressers are open by the look of the four of you. Um, these Big are, news. but well, this is, I have to say, this is this is self inflicted, not with a manscape razor. I should add, uh, that was it, that was Ian. Yeah, I have I, not had a haircut. I went with a wee trim with my manscape razor the other day, actually, and then then got the old Mac 3 on, yeah. Yeah, multi-use, you see. I would um, like to stress that I, I, I used it on my head before I use it anywhere else, just so I'm clear on that. <laughs> Make sure you clean it afterwards. Mm. Well, it was fresh out the pack, you see. So. Oh, there you go. Um, uh, fresh new blade. The, um, tonight we're going, to do, we're going to do a Six Nations review and we'll also do um, a bit of Lions chat because everybody else is choosing their Lions 15, so we thought we should do the same too. Uh, first, though, uh, Scotland women played England uh, women at the weekend uh, and went down 52-10. Um, it's, it's been interesting, some of the posts, I think, particularly on some of the forums this week, John. I don't know why this seems to have come as a surprise to a lot of people that Scotland have a women's team and everybody's all of a sudden very concerned about the fact that they don't seem to be getting much funding and aren't doing particularly well. <laughs> Yes, well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we have only been bleating about it for, you know, almost every week for probably about three years. But um, yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? When you know they kind of shifted the shifted the dates of the Six Nations, obviously, and it's almost like it almost shows how little Glasgow and Edinburgh's matches at the weekend actually mattered to anyone. That um, you know the women's game's got such a, a kind of Bit of profile from it, and uh, you know it's it's good. It's good in ways that people are asking the question, you know, particularly around funding. But you know, it's been that way for quite some time, and we've done. We've, I think we've talked about it on exclusive ones. We've talked about it on you know the the normal podcast as well. So yeah, they don't get funded very well. We should fund them more. Yeah, and it, but it was. I mean, saying that. Ian, there was quite a lot of positives to take out of the game. I mean, there were, you know, there were, I think there were twelve three down just outside the first quarter, which isn't bad. Uh, the defense was 
you know, good in places. And I think that's kind of what they have to do up against kind of the professional outfit of England, where I think the majority of players are playing in Prem, Prem 15s and, and have been training much more regularly than the majority of the Scottish players, is, is to look for the small positives in a game like that. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're outgunned from the start, so bringing a knife to a gunfight. Um, yeah, a, bit, a couple of things I was particularly impressed by was um, set-piece, uh, scrum. I've seen the scrums go a lot worse than that, for example. Um, obviously, they were going to be under pressure, um, but they, they, I think they only maybe conceded one penalty at the scrum. Uh, the rest of the time, it was all right. Line-out uh, started off very well, had some very good variation on that as well. Um Skeldon, uh, Lassell and McMillan all did, did pretty well there. Um, and it was when they, on the few occasions they did get into England 22, they actually showed pretty good composure or keep possession for multiple phases. Uh, it's just every now and then, you know, that, that little bit of execution lets them down. And then once England got on the attack, it was just, you know, they just too much power. Um, and if Scotland did, did get a chance to exit, Obviously, they couldn't get get quite enough welly on it, and it just comes back at you quicker. Yeah, um, I thought um, Hannah Smith stood up for me, Rory. I thought she she was really good in defence. There was a couple of um, she very quick to the breakdowns. A couple of times, I thought she probably had earned a penalty, but the referee maybe just with Scotland being on the back foot, kind of wasn't seeing things their way, and she she took a try really well as well. Yeah, the try try was taken well. I mean, it, it sort of reminded me a little bit of watching the, the men's team in the two thousands. I mean. Um, obviously, in the 2000s, the issues were that the the other countries were professional, and Scotland didn't really know what it was to be professional. That's not necessarily the case here, but um, it's just they, you know, they've only got nine players with pro contracts, um, so it's more it, it produces a similar imbalance in terms of uh, in terms of how they how they go. And uh, you know, I mean, they, there were some bits they they look they look great. Um, certainly, there was a there was a lot of heart. I think that some of the England girls were bigger. Um, so I think there were sort of power mismatches, and they were quite England were quite astute at using those power, you know, identifying the mismatches and um, and kind of exploiting them. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I mean, I thought it, it it was it was more like rugby as you remember rugby when you, when you watch it. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, it's it's Italy next in a couple of weeks, um, Ian. I think you probably would expect Scotland to have a bit more of a game of it against Italy. Uh, yeah, I think the last time I saw Italy play Scotland was a, a total mud bath um, a couple of years ago, and it should have, it should have been called off. Um, Italy have had the upper hand um, fairly comfortably uh, recently. I can't remember what the score was last. Oh, they didn't even weren't able to play it last year. No, it was cancelled due to the yeah. coronavirus. I guess it was just before France. So I was maybe going to the France game and that got canned. Um, I think Italy would probably start as favourites, but. Like you said, I, th- I do expect Scotland to take more of a game of it and just need to um, cut out. It seems to be when Scotland, it's, it's this sort of thing of compounding errors. You know, it's like mm. first there'll be a, a forward pass and then they'll give away a penalty at the next scrum and then it's a line out, you know, five metres out and then some, and you've got problems there. Um, so, yeah, I do expect a bit more of a game of it, but I, I would just make Italy favourites. Yeah. But when it's your first, first game back and over a year you yeah know, it's the first game a lot of these folks have played in over a year and it's you know you all know yourself what it's like to after not playing for a while you you know even after a after a long summer off you go into the park and the the errors do happen so you know do that for a full year and watch watch how badly it goes so i think you know ultimately 
there was a lot, as you guys have said, there was a lot of positives to take from the weekend. And, um, you know, that hit out will serve them really well against Italy. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's the, you know, it's positive that a number of the, you know, the... the, the... Oh, he's gone. Oh, this, this, this is he, he does this. He does this. He makes good points and then he disappears. And he'll be he'll be blabbering away just now, and then we're talking over the top of him. So it's all good. Any act. of the rest rest of us are actually expendable, but uh, that's he's asking it, no. a question. That's true. So no, I think uh, the the whole the whole the whole women's game thing. It's really he's back. Yay! I'm back. Yeah, my internet's gone. My connection is unstable. Mm. I'm sat next to the router, frustratingly. <laughs> Did you not say that uh, BT? You had someone from BT. I'm still, I've still got my complaint with BT. Ian, don't you worry. I've, I've had twenty pound off my bill so far. They'll be sponsoring <laughs> this podcast by the end of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we should put out a tweet. Yeah, tomorrow I'm, I'm not. I'm. I, I, that's what I do. I'll just keep. I'll, uh, when when they get announced as a big sponsor tomorrow, I'll I'll do a protest tweet. Protest, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I refuse to watch any. I refuse to discuss any uh, Scottish <laughs> rugby on my podcast until you saw my broadband. You use the full power of the uh, of the the bitter bitter Scottish tweet army that we've got. Apparently, yeah, apparently. But that's it. I found out today that I'm um, one of the least positive tweeters about rugby in uh, yeah. the UK. <laughs> yeah, right down. You'll ask for naming rights of the podcast. Was that an official title, or was this bestowed upon you by somebody in particular? No, no, it was a, it's it, it's an algorithm. Oh, right. Somebody had done a somebody had analysed several top uh, top rugby accounts, not including the official Scottish Rugby Blog account, I should add. But um, they and they ranked them. I think they used like language analysis to figure out, you know, if they were tweeting positively or negatively. So and you then have... you, you get top fifty right down at the bottom of the list, you've got G Love, you've got Cami and you've got the offside line all just grouped together <laughs> sort of just you... off the bottom of the table. Uh, to be fair, you have to have tweeted more positively than negatively to make the list. Oh, they want to see so but I, I barely creeped, That's why barely creeped in about That's why none of us are on there now. <laughs> Yeah, so we are yeah officially less positive, one of the least positive uh, rugby podcasts out there. As if you didn't already know that. Where where were we talking about the women's game before I got really cut off? Yeah, yeah. Right um, I was. I think what the the point I was making is it's there is there are positives in science, you know, green shoots given the number of women that are playing in Prem 15s from Scotland and also you know I think is it th- two or three players in the Olympic seven squad. Uh, yeah, there were. I think there were more than that. Let's go and have a look. I know I can't remember this. This this is uh, this was off my this this was this was off notes. You see, <laughs> that was off the top of my head. That... I tried to go off script there for a second. I know, and then I've, and I've, I've I thought one of you would jump in and know. You see, holy crap! Sorry, have you seen the? Uh, have you seen the fantasy league, the women's fantasy league. I was going to come on to that, Ian. I'll come on to that and give you a moment in the sun in a minute. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, Take you doing well. Yes, yeah, so we've got um, Megan Gaffney um, and Rona Lloyd, Helen Nelson, Chloe Rowley, Hannah Smith, and Lisa Thompson. So there's, you know, again, it's good. They're doing good for given the you know the, the difference. It's you know a reasonable. Amount of representation within the squad as well. 
Yeah, I get mostly backs though, isn't it? So I mean, I think yeah. that maybe plays into what we were talking about there about power, the sort of power side of the game, which is something that the men have always struggled with as well in Scotland. It's something that we as a, as a nation need to develop. Yeah. I might we might talk about the power side of that and Matt Williams later on in hands in the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've not even thought of one of them. <laughs> See, this, this is what you do, Rory. You you figure it out during the show. This is the my, this is great fun of it. I, my hands in the rock will be my poster is also squint. Ooh. <laughs> Within the frame. Too. The frame is straight, but the poster is itself is. Maybe we, it's Tammy's um, laptop. <laughs> we you're all squint yeah we do have a we do have a women's six nations fantasy league going and uh, we've got our, our little pool and who's top of the scottish rugby podcast league ian hay um, me by miles <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah i'm uh, i'm 10th I'm in scotland at the moment wow only 10th uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, no, this is uh, I was, I was, I was number one in the world. Yeah, he's uh, one in Super Brew. Uh, are you so just to check in because obviously there's rules regarding this sort of thing? Uh, what was your ratio of Scottish players picked? Uh, I've had five, I think. I did at first have uh, I picked Rona Lloyd, but then is she injured just now or something? She I think so, yeah. 23. Um, but no, there was. Uh, I had Lana Skeldon as well, and Emma Wassell, and Hannah Smith. All right, okay, 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 okay. Right, we'll let it go then. Points and prizes. Yep. So uh, that's 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 a good start. You know, I'm tenth out of ten in the uh, podcast league. <laughs> I could join it a week late and then still beat Cammy. Guarantee. Oh, I wasn't <laughs> going to say that. I think that would be doubtful. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll we'll talk with the the early games on in two weeks. I think it's going to be broadcast on the iPlayer. I think the round after that they're going to broadcast it live on BBC Scotland, which is uh, finally rather than the uh, Hercule Poirot back to back that they decided to leave on this weekend instead of putting the women's rugby on. They've anyway, rights and they're like, oh no, we can't show the Great Escape again. <laughs> <laughs> we need to save that for Father's Day. Come on. Um. So we did. So we do. We're going to do our Six Nations review um, this week, um, and we should start by saying Hamish Watson was named Player of the Tournament. Thoroughly deserved. Uh, well done to all the Scotland rugby fans for rigging yet another poll. <laughs> yep. Any uh, any Scottish? If you find any polls you need rigged, give us a shout, and we'll unleash the masses. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have to be Scottish. It has to be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean that's 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 essentially how Stuart Hogg won twice. Probably, I'm not saying he didn't deserve it. But I think we ended up fifth both times. Uh, yeah, Again. I mean, he definitely had one good year. Yeah, his first one was a decent year. I think the second one we were all a bit surprised, but it was like the novelty of having won it the year before. We were just like, no, this has to happen again. Let's, <laughs> let's yeah, this this will show them. <laughs> You're voting on your tab. You're voting on all your devices. That's it. Hiding your IP address so you can have it all different. <laughs> um, Rory, overall, I mean, we, how do you think that Six Nations went in the cold light of day now we're past it? Uh, I think it, yeah, I, I think you can. It's, it's weird because, yes, Jeremy Guskett can point out that you only finished fourth or we only finished fourth, but that was, that was I think, by any measure, a pretty successful 
tournament. We pasted Italy by the requisite amount, if not better than anybody else, and we won away in Paris and London for the first time in more than decades in, in each case. Um, the It sort of, by contrast, makes the home home results the, or the, the non-Italy home results look kind of almost doubly disappointing, really, because that could have been a really successful tournament. But I think you've got to look at the progress in the areas that have traditionally dogged us, which is away results, which is not winning the games your favourites in. I mean, you could argue that we might have been favourites in some of those Ireland-Wales games, but realistically, looking at past experience, that's, uh, it's a, that's, a, that's maybe we, we would have been favourites in our own minds, but nobody else would have seen us as favourites for those games probably. Um, certainly not with the way Wales are going and just our inability to beat Ireland in any way. Yeah, I mean, I guess you, you think of those two games, um, Ian, against Ireland and Wales, and, and even the game against France, to certainly that that's probably the first year that Scotland have been in every single game right to the death. And essentially, well, you could argue that against Ireland and Wales, we're beaten by the whistle rather than anything else. It's just that, the, you know, another kick, you know, a kick of the ball, another run decision goes a different way, and, and those games are wins. Yeah, and they say, you know, the mark of a good team is one that plays badly and wins, and we were absolutely honking against Ireland, and, we, you know, we, we were still in it right until the death. Um, Wales, again, I think we discussed this last week, we should really have had a, a chance for a shot at goal to win it, because Williams pulled Hogg back off the ball. Um, and again, in that, we were down to 14 for a while, so there is that bit of frustration, but like Rory said, I mean, I think we can regard it as a success to, to um, you know, be competitive in every single game and then to beat England and France away for the first time. Was it since 1926? I think was the last time we've done that. Yeah. yeah. That season. Um, so, yeah, big, big monkeys off the back. Uh, apart with the exception of the Ireland game, the line-out was um, probably better than it has been. Uh, the scrum's been sorted now for the last couple of years, ever since Rory Sutherland and... Well, Rory Sutherland's come in and really kind of showed that up and Develliers, the work of Peter Develliers, I think, can't, yeah. be, um, can't be ignored. Um, so, yeah, it's it's one of the most progressive of progressive years. Um, but we'll finish fifth. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, it's just, it is just that, that fine little margin, that, that little bit at the end. Um, but, I so we're probably at about 98% complete. Uh, now it's just going to crash next year, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you think, John? We can, we can maybe. I think that um, Ireland game felt at the time like a step backwards, particularly where the lineup went. But maybe there's more of a blip, and you know, I think Paul O'Connell's been given a lot of credit for the some of the work that he's maybe done behind the scenes. So maybe, maybe in the cold light of day, that game wasn't as as bad as we we, we had it at the time. Yeah, I mean. You can give credit to the opposition um, and say, but, you know, in, in, in all fairness, I think Ireland were really poor that day as well. And that was, you know, it was it was kind of who, whoever was the least worst was going to win that game. And, I mean, Scotland's, well, you know, we can, we can say that it was good the rest of the time, but it was just abominable against Ireland and... Yeah, ultimately it did cost us it cost us the win because I think Ireland were that bad. Um but we can always have an off day and you know the fact is that sometimes you are just gonna have those days where, you know, a set piece isn't going to work. 
particularly when we're on our third, third, fourth choice hookers, and we're you know the set piece was going to always be it was a massive concern coming into it, and the fact that it went the line out in particular went as well as it did was a big surprise to everyone. So I think with because I was quite critical at the time, but with a wee bit of hindsight, maybe maybe we've done okay, but we still need to be, you know, those days where things go wrong, we need to have a plan B and we need to be able to fix it quicker. Yeah. And we didn't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. What? Go on, Rory. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, the line-out was abysmal, but they were putting Ian Henderson, who's like six foot six at the front of it, and just making him jump. <clears> I mean, you have to then throw over the top of him or go, go to the front every time. You know, they, they sort of forced Scotland into make a, making a decision. I don't know if it was the line-out was bad. It was maybe their decision-making as to how to not be bad was bad. Yeah, I get I get that, but I mean, I think ultimately at international level, you need to be need to be doing more than like if it, it's easy for every opposition team just to put their biggest guy at the front and just go, Do you know what? We're going to put him up there every single time, throw it over him. And if it was as easy as that to defend lineouts, we would have cracked it a long time ago because we had, you know, all the way back in the, the sort of late nineties, early noughties, we'd. Uh, some sizable second rows who, you know, and we still didn't necessarily have the best line out at the time. So I, I take that point and credit does go to Ireland for their defence. They, I think they'd cracked the calls quite easily, mm-hmm. actually. It seemed to be, I think with Turner, and we've seen it at Glasgow quite a few times, once a couple go wrong, then the quality of the throw, it slows down slightly and it starts to become more easily intercepted. So um, I do think you know, I think there's possibly issues on both sides. I think no. it's it's that problem problem solving on the pitch, isn't it? And that's maybe the, they've it's been a problem in other aspects of Scotland's game, and maybe they've been fixed. You know, at the break, reading the break, how the referees doing the breakdown and the scrum, and how, you know what the other opposition are doing. But maybe that was a sign that they haven't completely solved that problem, or that the the third your third choice hooker. Isn't able to solve that problem. Um, I think, I think it was noticeable actually when you when you brought in. So obviously, you know your your first first choice pair of uh, Cummings and Gray, both very good line out operators, but you wouldn't necessarily say either of them as a, a line out specialist in the, the kind of traditional form. So it was interesting when when Gilchrist comes in comes in to give him credit the line-out did operate good again and, you know, it's really, really kind of, he took a lot of responsibility for calling the line-outs, whereas maybe um, with with, with, with Cummings and Gray, it's not so, uh, not so kind of robust, the decision-making behind it. But, um, yeah, I think we've, we've got to have a plan B with that. Well, that that kind of that kind of selection headache brings us neatly on to what I'd ask you you all to do is to think about you know what what Scotland what is Scotland's best fifteen now after at the end of that tournament and you know there, there were you know, a couple of names that didn't get a, an appearance but I I found this quite easy to do and I'm quite interested to see how similar our fifteens um, line up. Should we we we'll start at the back then? I'm guessing we all went for Hog at fifteen. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean Get that's. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's uh, a ten now, mate. Ten, yeah. He's oh, he's a ten. 
Uh, there was a great joke on Twitter for those that missed it. it was um, Sam Lana said uh, last time we had Blair at ten, um, he invaded. We invaded Iraq. <laughs> I think we should. Uh, I, so I decided. I think we should rename um, Blair Kinghorn Tonti. Now, Tonti Blair. Thinking about it, when so Mike Blair did play ten for Scotland at some point. Dave, well, he? Mike Blair's brother used to play for Edinburgh as a ten. David. Yeah, Dave. I, I, yeah. David, yeah. Yeah, and they had. A, did they have another brother as well, Alex, who played? There is. A, he. Yeah, I don't think he played much at ten, but he was a ten. He was. He didn't get picked that much, though. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So if Mike Blair played ten at the same time as Tony Blair was in ten, then it's obvious why you know the four horsemen of the apocalypse rode. I don't know. That's, that's how it works, John. But I, I like the idea. It's <laughs> exactly how it works. <laughs> um, I mean, Hogs. I think. Hogg had a good tournament as captain, I thought. He seemed to be communicating well with the referee and didn't seem to be flapping as much or trying to take things on himself, Ian. Uh, yeah, I thought it was his best sort of string of performances for, for quite some time. Um, kicked from hand brilliantly. There was a couple of absolute bombs uh, against England and France, which were, you know, sort of highlight real efforts. Um Got himself, uh, was it two? I uh, got two against Wales, didn't he? Uh, two tries against yep. Wales. Um, yeah, like I said, he didn't seem to get himself caught down blind alleys as much. Uh, yeah, I thought he was probably just behind sort of Watson and Harris as one of Scotland's best performers in the tournament. Yeah. Um, 14. Who have we gone for at 14? I've gone with Maitland. As have I. Based in current form, yes, Maitland. Yeah, I mean, I love Darcy to bits, but I don't. I, I think what Maitland offers, and, and I think it kind of dispels the whole you know narrative coming out of English rugby that the Saracens players were just knackered because Sean Maitland had a really good tournament up until we weren't allowed to select him because of <laughs> the French. French players. The French, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have that? Um, you have Maitland as well, Rory. I actually, I actually picked Graham, but um, I can be persuaded um, just because I, um, I'm a big fan. But um, yeah, Maitland did have a pretty good tournament. I could yeah. be persuaded by the majority. Just don't yeah. think Darcy's in great form at the moment. Usually, I would pick Darcy Graham, but um, yeah, he did enough. He's, I mean, he, he's been. He, I think he he had an injury, and then obviously he would had a bit of time out as well. And then I think he did. He he did enough. I think it was a shame that he had to come off against Wales because he he, really, he was having a good game up until that point. Yeah, I think that's fair. And you know, again, it's that idea of we've been in so many situations before where if you've got someone of the quality of Darcy Graham who goes out of form or struggles, we've not really had that ability to replace him. So having someone like Sean Maitland who last year or year before last would have been first choice quite comfortably it's it's a really good situation to be in yeah uh 13 chris harris is that unanimous unanimous as much as i love you jones as much as i love him and unanimous chris harris chris harris i i picked you jones oh yes did you go with jones rory yeah yeah no, no, I did. I, yeah, I picked, I picked you, Jones. I just think, I mean, Chris Harris did have a blinder in Paris and was probably 
a huge part of why we won that game. So he does have credit in the bank, despite what some people might sort of think or um, pronounce about him on the internet. But uh, yeah, I think Jones's form was just, uh, it was irresistible for me. And I just, I wonder, my, my back line is all attack. So that's why I put Darcy Gray in. That's why I put Hugh Jones in. I don't care about defence. We'll just score loads of tries. He had, a, I mean, defensively, he had a good. I don't think he did anything wrong. It's just that I thought he had a good game against a very good game against Italy when Chris Harris was rested, and some good appearances off the bench. But I'm, I don't. He didn't. Play, we, he didn't get an opportunity to play enough against quality yeah. opposition for me to kind of think he's in ahead of Harris. I think the thing with Jones this year is, well, is uh, probably if you take his club form into, into um, contention as well, he's he's been a massive standout for Glasgow this year in comparison to a lot of the dross we've had to put up with. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think you you couldn't necessarily. I think Harris is very much the man in possession of the jersey, and you probably couldn't argue necessarily that Jones. As you said, had done enough to take it off him, but it's it's much closer than it was a year ago. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, Martin Bell's pointed out uh, Chris Harris is still eight to one for the Lions, which I think is still stupid odds given some of the. Did, did anybody see the intercept against La Rochelle at the weekend? Well, he intercepted in, in his own twenty-two and ran out. That's, that's classic Harris. Yep. Um, twelve. Now, 12, I found twelve quite hard. I've gone with a double. I can't. The difficulty for me was I thought Red Cami Redpath had such a good game against England, but then we didn't get to see him again. I, I can't hand on heart put him straight in. But and Sam Johnson, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm not entirely well. Tooney did, didn't he? Gregor Townsend yeah, did, didn't he? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's what I mean. Probably if based on the England game, I'd put Cami Redpath at twelve. But, yeah, I thought Sam Johnson's probably the one below him, although they're different players, and I think that's therein lies yeah. the issue. I think Johnson and Harris are quite similar, so if you're not letting me have Hugh Jones, then we need to put a bit of swashbuckling at twelve. Yeah, well, I think that's and I think that's maybe the, the problem with Scotland that you need. If I think Townsend has always been looking for someone, a playmaker outside of Russell or Hastings. Mm-hmm. To, to do that, to give a second kick, kicking option um, and maybe come at first receiver a little bit more. And, you know, Johnson's a very good player, but we saw that one attempt at a kick. Okay, was it the France game? Yes. And it didn't didn't end well. <laughs> yeah. Just as well, it was on after nine o'clock. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, 11. We all going with Duhan. Yeah. Duhan. Oh. Um, we might talk about Duhan a bit more uh, when we do the Lions chat. Um, 10, Russell. Yeah, pretty yeah, straightforward. Given um, Price at 9. Yeah, I've got my Price at 9. Yep. Right, scrum then. So we start at the front. Front row, what have you got for front row, John? Uh, Sutherland, Brown, Fagerson. Rory? Same. Same. Ian? I also have Sutherland, Brown, Fagerson. Yeah, I went Sutherland. Then I went McAnally, Brown, Fagerson, but only because I don't, I wasn't sure that you could. I still don't necessarily think that we know whether Brown or McAnally are the first choice hooker. Not that that's yeah. a problem because the other one just goes on the bench when they're both fit. 
Back I didn't realise we could pick players who hadn't played, so I had Dave Cherry in there until hastily <laughs> written Brown. I did. I did consider putting Cherry in there, to be fair, but yeah, it is supposed to be the strongest fifteen that we could possibly put out. I mean, I think the problem with McAnally is that they're they, they're both their forms kind of yo-yo back and forwards, so we never really have been in a position where they're both on top form. One's always not playing as well as the yeah. other, and unfortunately, sometimes that's at the point where they're starting. <laughs> the one who's starting is having the poor game, and then the one that comes off the bench yeah. improves oh, things. Looks like a worldie. Yeah, Brown continues to be like. So I think, I think on current form, he's he's he just surpasses McAnally, but I'm still a bit concerned about he he's becoming a bit of a penalty machine. Yeah, I'm starting to notice it quite a lot that he's. The amount of times you see him kind of getting up from the bottom of another breakdown and like protesting at the referee that I wasn't doing anything, sir. Um, it's starting to become quite evident. Mm. I think that's always been the problem with Brown for me is it's the wrong decisions at the wrong time in the wrong yep. positions of the park sometimes. Yep. yep. Um, second draw, I've gone with Cummings and Gray, or Gray and Cummings, depending on which way you want to do it. Yeah, who would you have on your bench, though? Well, they said, I think I'd go with Skinner because Ah, he fulfills the Rob Harley role of being able to cover in the back row as well. So it means you can then uh, name another back rower. I'd go up up to number 19 on a 23 and uh, Skinner was my number 19 as well. I've gone for Green Cummings. Yeah. 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 Um, back row then. I mean, I think we we cannot. We might as well just say we've all we've all got Mish at seven, haven't we? <laughs> After all that voting, it would be silly not to. Yeah, Mish at six, seven, and eight. <laughs> we ended up at eight, didn't he, against France? Right. There's nothing, literally nothing he can't do. Can do um, six. I've gone with Richie. Yeah, yeah. I think he's still like absolutely hundred percent. I think he is still the the classy option at six. Like there's an argument to be made for where we're needing a wee bit more wee bit more in the line out. You could maybe have uh, Blade Thompson coming in. There's, you know, the 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 return of the, the Ryan Wilson, which nobody predicted. You know, there's there's a few options at six, but I think Richie's still by far and away the the best option there. And his form improved through the Six Nations as well. Mm. He'd had a couple of kind of in the autumn, in particular, a couple of games that we I think we gave him a four out of ten for one of them. So, you know, he certainly he's come back in the Six Nations and he's looked more like himself. Yeah, I mean, I think he kind of started the tournament quite quietly, um, but that maybe wasn't a bad thing. I mean, you know, we got the injury after the England game, but that France game was really kind of him back to the form that we know he, he can have. Um, eight then, just because I'm going to predict that John and Ian, you've gone for Matt Ferguson because I have two. Yep. Yeah. Rory, who have you gone for, for eight? I was tempted by Haining because I thought he had a really good game against France, but I've gone for Ferguson as well. Yeah. Because I was, I, I was really impressed by, by him this tournament. Um, possibly for the first time, um, without, you know, without my Glasgow tinted spectacles on, I've kind of, not quite seen what the the warrior nation have seen in, seen in him, but I think, yeah, he was uh, he was he was brilliant for the the games that he was that he was fit to play in. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I would stick him in. It's interesting. Hainings had 
two really good games in the two I think he started the Ireland game on his debut and that France game. Yep. I think of the yep. two games he's actually started it and the rest have been from the bench. And the games he started, he's played really well in, but I don't I haven't necessarily seen that from him when he's come off the bench. Yeah. yeah, he seems to struggle to get up to maybe up to the pace off the bench. He seems to maybe not not be as adept to that, but certainly f- starting in particular that Ireland game that he started on his debut, he was he was phenomenal that day. Uh, and I would agree against France, he was he was really really strong. So you know, it's again just great to have that level of depth that you know you've got someone of Matt Fagerson's quality. And if he does go down injured, then you know you can bring a good option in in, in Haining. Yep. Um, who have you got, Ian? You've done the bench. I didn't. I didn't get that far because I only said you start in fifteen. But who have you got on the bench? Who have you gone with on the bench? Um, well, like I said, they've only got up to nineteen. But uh, McAnally is because I've got Fraser Brown starting. But you know, like you were saying, they're pretty much interchangeable. I just think Brown's got a bit more grunt. Provided there. they're playing well, eh? Yeah. Uh, Cable. Um, Nell, because there's practically no one else. Um, <laughs> Sam Skinner, uh, probably at 20, I'd go with Nick Haney. Yeah. Um, 21, I've not got this far, but 21, Hornito. Uh, 22, Hastings. 23, Hugh Jones. Jones, yeah. Jones, yeah, if, you, if you're going with him. Yeah. 21 is a tricky one, because I don't think we really saw the best of Scott Steele. We've still got Horn to come back. I still think there's a place for Sam Hidalgo Klein in there as well. So I think we're, yeah, got, we're still looking for a good kind of replacement for Price, who can genuinely replace him as well, you know, if he's injured or... And I guess Jamie Doby was properly in the squad by the end of it as well, not just invited to train. So you've got this depth there. but He'll be there one day, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the opportunity to play. I think that the only thing with Scott Steele, that, you know, it's, it's a great story in the fact that he ended up playing back row and wing and... Right everywhere else but I, I think that the Italy game showed to me that you know he's a great option but I think he's a and he might be very good defensively but I'm not he doesn't offer the same thing I think passing wise as the other options certainly as, as Horn and you've got with Horn and Price yeah I think, that, I think that's true there's a lot of passes above the head but um, good point so that's our Scotland 23 as it is um, if you've got any different views, then uh, let us know. Uh, Martin Bell's suggesting Finley Christie. One day, Martin. <laughs> One day, who knows? Does anyone know how, um, how's Matt Scott going these days? Because everyone was clamouring for him to get a shot at 12. I don't know if he's getting I was, yes. Guilty. Yeah. Uh, no, it's fine. It's like, you know, just, we don't get if anyone knows on. in dispatches how he's getting on. Um, yeah. Ben Velikov is coming up to Ember, of course, in the summer as well. So oh, we yes. finally get... Get that one ticked off the list of players that Scottish rugby fans are desperate to see play for Scotland. Get that out the road. The new Tom Heathcote. The return of the yeah. Wheel. <laughs> the return of the donk, yeah, that's right. Um, he could be, uh, well, speak, let's let's move on and uh, we'll, we're going to move on. That's the end of our Scotland 15. We're going to do this now. It's the legally mandated Lions chat. The legally mandated Lions chat We've heard so much about it that it makes us sick But we've still got a chat about who Gatlin's gonna pay Yeah, we've done bits of Lions chat throughout the Six Nations Not an awful lot because there's been lots of other things to um, 
to talk about. Um, so what we're going to try and do is come up with, uh, by by democracy, which always works well, as we know, um, <laughs> our Scottish rugby blog, uh, Lions 15. And what we've got is everyone's chosen their own 15, and we've asked our patrons to choose their 15s, and I've, I've combined them together based on the number of votes for various people in different positions. So we've got Patreon 15, and we've got our own 15s as well. So we'll try and come up with our combined um, Lions 15. This is who we – I think we've kind of gone on with who we kind of would pick, I guess, a little bit, rather than who we think Warren Gatland will pick, yeah, because yeah, who I've knows. Got, I've got a couple yeah. of slashes. So yeah, this yeah is we who can, I want, but this is who I think will go. Think go, yeah. Um, we'll start the. We'll do the same way we did the Scotland. Then we we'll start at the back. I mean, again, I'm, I'm assuming we've. I can say that me and the Patreons have gone for Hog at 15. Yeah, so it's everyone yep, apart from Stuart Barnes and Stephen Jones. Who who have they gone for? Liam Williams. Williams. Liam. But didn't he play most of it by the like on the on the wing? wing. Yeah. 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 And also, and also, he is an absolute little twat. <laughs> yeah, well, I think he's another one. They're swearing in this segment. But, um, <laughs> the, he's um, another one that's a defensive liability, isn't he? He gives away stupid penalties and back chats. That we see the one that asked the referee we playing touch now as he was marching yep. off the field during yep. the pro yeah, And just long enough so that he was back in time for the six sessions. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, I mean, who are the refs? Who are the refs going to be? They're all going to be French refs, right? Yeah, probably for yeah. the Lions. Uh, unless and, uh, no, none Zealand. of us get on with him. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We don't know if you know if this is going to happen. To be honest with you, yeah. Um, it depends whether any Southern Hemisphere ones allowed out of their own countries to go and travel or, to South or, Africa. Or, or, or yeah. no, Scott, no Scots picked. Maybe Mike Adamson can do it. <laughs> Mike, Mike and Holly. First <laughs> yes. test, second test. No bother. Uh, who have you guys then got at four? <clears throat> Mr. Reese Zamet. Yeah, I picked him as well. I did swither with Anthony Watson, but just uh, sheer I gas. Think I've gone, I think I've gone without picking any English players, so I like that. <laughs> I have gone without Anthony Watson. Um, just because he's, he's a wee bit more experienced. Yeah. Um, he's just. That's interesting. We've got, we've got it. We've potentially got a tie here because the the patrons also went with Anthony Watson at fourteen, and I've gone with Keith Earls. Wait, what? Oh, oh, I, you know what? I can, I can see, see that. I can completely take that. Me, oh. I know as much as I hate him and think he's a little. I I've, I've gone be, with Keith Earls. I think he'll be a dirt tracker because he can cover inside center. Oh, inside I, I center think he'll well. tour again. Yeah, oh. yeah. he toured in two eight. He toured in two thousand and nine. He's, a, he's a good player. As much awful as person. He's a, I know he's an awful person, but you know, I think he means so you're an awful person. We're trying to win a test match, here, John. <laughs> <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny what I was suggesting there, Rory. I think I've got to get I've got to get the the casting vote then because I've gone what? with details between Lewis Rees Summit and Anthony Watson. Because you next one carefully, Cam. I know. So you're breaking a tie tie between two players with a third player. <laughs> that's, that's pretty Gatland. That's pretty Gatland. I'm going to just put one. I'll put Darcy Graham in at 14. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. My, I think my 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 
head says Anthony Watson and my heart says Lewis Rizamit. But what yeah, does your heart friends. say? <laughs> I think Keith if we're doing Keith Earls, Gatlin says Keith Earls. <laughs> that's what Warren Gatlin says. He took one look at his face and thought, that's that's a face that's going to put a fear of God into some South That's a face that's going to wind up some South Africans. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, well, we, we said we're not going to do who... We, we, we have got to decide who Gatlin's got to pick, uh, The uh, as, as it says in the lyrics of the jingle, but we, we are kind of doing this as our own choice. I'll go, I'll, I'll go with Lewis Rees Samet. Even though, and I'm going to pull our patrons up, and they chose him at 11. Ooh. Uh, but I'm not going to, I haven't allowed it because he hasn't played 11 during the uh, tournament. So I've, yeah, I've overruled fair. them enough, gone with their second choice. Um, 13. Um, I can see that the, um, the Patreons have gone with Jonathan Davies at 13, and I have gone with Chris Harris. Centre, for me, the two centre spots are the most open because there's there's a lot of sort of pseudo-candidates, but there's nobody going, yeah, pick me. So I've picked either Jonathan Davis or Hugh Jones because I'm still on a Hugh Jones kick. But I don't think there's a chance in hell he'll, he'll take him. I've got why well, I was going to come on to kind of the Scottish deafness and the Scottish probables later on after we've done this 15 but I, I think there's a there's part of me that thinks not that I think the Hugh Jones should go on alliance to her but there's part of me that thinks that it's something mad that Gatlin might do with some of his selections and, and go with players who've played in South Africa before yep so it yeah. might open up the door to a few Irish lads it might open up the door to person like Hugh Jones and even Ollie Kebble just as a these lads can hit the ground running. They're not going to be homesick because they are. They're effectively they are home. I know Hugh Jones. It was kind of like a second home to him, really. But it's the kind of mad, daft thinking that Warren Gatlin might do. Gatlandism, especially if there is not talk that they might have to play all three sort of tests at altitude to try and keep them in a bubble and not travel too much. Yeah, and it's all that kind of stuff of where you want you know you, you it's going to be more isolating than it is normally on a t- on a lines tour because you're not going to be able to go out and do the normal social stuff. You're going to be locked in hotel rooms, so it's the kind of stuff that I think he might think about. And it might be if there's fifty fifty calls, you might come down the way. If there's a fifty fifty call for a dirt tracker between a dirt another thirteen dirt tracker and Hugh Jones, given he can now cover fifteen, then that call might go his way. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm going to throw another name into the mix. Okay. Gary Ringrose. Oh. So who have we got so far? We've got Harris. This Harris, really Davies, Hugh Jones, Ringrose. Ring well, Ian, you're let, getting the casting vote. Who have you gone well, with? Well, let me just, you know, just tip <laughs> the board up and storm out. With <laughs> um, I, I've gone for a... See, some of these are based on various permutations, but... I've actually shifted. Well, I've got Chris Harris down as uh, that's who I would want. But what I actually think is an option, and Bonnie might go for Robbie Henshaw at thirteen. Henshaw, yeah. Oh, I think if we're doing it, I think Harris gets the the cast. If you're doing a casting vote, then ha- Harris has been mentioned. Harris has mentioned Harris twice, goes. so we'd have to go with Harris at thirteen. Now twelve, then. Well. No, well, see, I went for Henshaw. See, my my twelve thirteen combo was going to be Farrell Henshaw. And I was and see, all right, and you pulled me up for Keith Earls, and you say <laughs> you're choosing one Farrell. 
Um, no, that's that was a. This is who I think will play. Um, I've got. Oh, okay. Hens- nah. Henshaw was the first name I've got down. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. I think he. I think he might go with a far. I thought he would do that in the last series, and I think he would have done this. I think Henshaw hadn't he got injured. Was <coughs> Sexton Farrell Henshaw? I thought that's what. I think we'll end Jiffy. up with. I think we're going to end up with Jonathan Davis at twelve. Could yeah. Be. yeah, he's played there for that's why he played with Wales this year. He's played there for Wales this season. He actually played remarkably well there, given that um it's not really a natural you know, the twelve thirteen shift can be quite difficult for players, particularly when you're coming in one. Um and I thought he'd done really quite well actually. And given that he'd had George North outside him who for some reason everybody seems to think is the the you know, the new Brian O'Driscoll at thirteen, but <laughs> like anyone who has any sense and watched him will realise he's it was like watching Sean Lamont at thirteen. You know, it's just, just <laughs> hey, not pretty. Don't be don't be uh it's sorry in the name for, of uh, yeah, I love a bit of Sean Lamont, but you can you cannot go judge who was the other I was uh, Simon Webster we played at thirteen for a bit as well, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah and I'll shout Apologies if you're watching this Sam but there is a, a a chap called Sam who was doing a poll of the best Edinburgh players to try and compile an ultimate Edinburgh 15, uh, 15. and he'd, he'd put Simon Webster in as a 13 rather than Nick DeLuca. That's a I think Nick DeLuca, I think he's, He said he was going to put DeLuca at 12, but yeah. sorry for calling you out, but Webster was not a 13. Until, not, look, look, until George North can pop his own shoulder back in mid-game, then he's not <laughs> a, a touching He's not on either. On either. Yeah. <laughs> um, number 11. What what have we gone for here now? So the um, my the I've gone with Duhan and there's a three way split on the Patreons. Mm. It's actually two way split. I'm not allowing them Lewis to resam it because they got um, the wrong I've, wing. Yeah, I've got Duhan because I just don't think you can ignore those attacking stats. You know, thirty one okay. defense beating. Plus the previous point about South Africa also stands. Yeah. All right. Gatlin's yep. likely to he's likely to have Josh Adams there or thereabouts, but I think Duhan's a massive step up. Yeah, Liam Williams and Josh Adams were the, the this kind of split choice of the Patreons, but I don't. Yeah, I don't see. It. I, I think, think Josh but, Adams is good. Yeah, I think that I think like you said, Ian, that you know you can't ignore Duhan's stats, and I don't. I think when you look at other wingers, their stats are comparable. I don't think he's defensively weaker than anybody else that you'd be looking at in that position. And um, we've matched. I think Ryan Ryan Worley of the uh, Rock and Roll Podcast has gone with a back three of Hog, Lewis, Reece, Summit, and Duhan as well. So we're we're we're, we're matching pretty, pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. And he did seem like such an knowledgeable guy when he was on here. So <laughs> um, number ten, then um, Patreons have gone Russell. I haven't. Um, Rory, what have you gone for ten? I've gone Russell because I'm. I like a laugh, and my Lions team will play the same way as my, Scot- my Scotland team. <laughs> John, who have you gone with? It's got to be Russell, and I'm actually disgusted that you have picked Errols, and now you're going to not pick Russell. He's going to pick Sexton, just you watch, John. No. <laughs> no. We had a chat about this off air last week. Um, did, yeah, me and Ian have gone for the same. We've gone for Dan Bigger. Look, BT are cutting his connections now. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I just think Dan Bigger had the best form of the fly halves in the Six Nations. I think he's now actually got more of an attacking threat to his game and we know he's a very good defender. Um, and Plus he's Welsh. 
yeah, there is that also. Um, well, he's been on Alliance Tour before, I think, as well. Mm. I know uh, Finn has technically, but <laughs> I, th- I think Sexton's age is going to count against him, even though he's in ridiculously good shape. If they are playing at altitude and he's about 35, 36, he's expected to run about um, organising an attack. Yeah, I, th- I think Dan Biggers, uh, I- I- as ah. much as I dislike him, not quite Keith Earls level. Um, but you know he's a he's a bit of a whiner at the ref. But he managed the game. He man- I thought he managed the games well for Wales. And he and he made a mug out of Owen Farrell. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think I do think as much as people are kind of saying that Russell might not make the tour, I don't think that's the case because I think Russell's versatility and the fact he can play twelve means that he 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 makes it ahead of Sexton because like aside from the fact that Sexton's getting on, the fact that Russell can cover. 10 and 12 means he's going to make the squad and possibly probably the bench as well. I think it, it might be a straight shoot between him and it depends where Farrell ends up in Gatlin's mind, but mm-hmm. I do think Russell will make the bench at the very least. We've got, be, uh, so we've got, we've would, Russell, Russell's made the blog team. I have to say, because Rory and John and the patrons have gone with it. So come on. Would, if it was my team, I would pick Finn Russell, but it's not um, it's not as warrant yeah I mean I'm trying to win a I test match here damn it I'm not sure which would make Irish Twitter explode the more enjoyably whether he takes <laughs> six and then doesn't pick him for any of the tests or if he doesn't <laughs> take six in at all and picks Russell instead now this, I think there's something nice and drawn out about him taking Sexton and not picking him because then we get to see them explode three times rather than just the once ah uh, yeah fair Oh, oh, it's enjoyable. For, remember the them... test, then drop him for the third. Oh, <laughs> and it was the the best bit about it was, you know, we have we have beef with Warren, but the best bit about it was that he was actually justified and vindicated and got the result. And it just, oh, Ireland exploded that day. It was so yeah. beautiful. Um, scrum half. I've gone with Price, and the yep. Patreons have gone with Price. Is that? I've gone with Conor Murray. Yeah, I've got Murray as well. It, yeah, that makes me sad. But I, do you know what? I think he's a probably right. But the like proud Glasgow fan in me just cannot I, at all abide by Conor Murray. So I'm not having it. Yeah, Ali I'm not Price sure. Yeah, I think Ali Price, I'm, I'm reasonably confident Price is going to be there or thereabouts. I think it might be a straight shoot between him and Conor Murray. Just Again, it's a sex issue with Conor Murray. He's been around the block a little bit more than Price. So whether he's got the durability oh, yeah. for a tour. I, reckon I mean, there's there's a lot of quality Welsh scrum halves, but I can't tell them apart. <laughs> <laughs> I think Price will get at least, like, I can't remember the schedule, but I think he'll get a dirt tracker game. And if he does really well in the dirt tracker game, might get him onto the bench for the second test. Yeah, um, like because obviously you can't play two games in a week, or maybe you could put him on the bench for the, the you know the test match if they wanted. But I think if he, he presses, and then there's you know, the scrum halves don't, he could definitely. You certainly could put him on the bench if you've no intention of using him. Yeah, but the scream drum tree going to be the, the backs coach for this one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? So yeah, yeah, your boy's getting murdered out there, but we're not going to put we're not going to put one of the best scrummagers in the Northern Hemisphere on. That's fine, mate. <laughs> um, we'll keep. I'm just going to keep going down the numbers. Then number eight, um, patrons and myself going with Toby Falatau or Toby Falatau. 
Oh, big fella to fan here. So yeah, fella to. I think we're going to see a, a, a nostalgia pick here. Uh, I think CJ Stander is going to get in. Have you named? So you've named him. You've selected him at eight. eight. Stander at eight. Yeah. Rory, what have uh, you what have you got? I mean, with it's three for Falatau already. So so you, you decision is made. I've gone Super Bolter. <laughs> Nick Sam Simmons. Simmons. He's just blindingly good, and I can't see. I mean, I know Eddie Jones is a clown, but I can't see why he's not picking him. <laughs> he is a brilliant player. Every time I see him, I think it's Stuart Hogg, and then I realise that's number eight carving the place up and smashing people. <laughs> and then, I, then my heart rate goes down because it's not Stuart Hogg burying himself in a pile of people. <laughs> but, yeah, he's, every time I've watched watched Exeter, I can't believe that he's not in the England setup, and I think. I mean, it's going to depend what sort of game he wants. I think he probably will go with Palatau because it's the the 50-50 calls are probably going to veer Welsh. But um, yeah, I think Simmons is brilliant and I would I would put him in. Yeah, and you're not going to have anybody in the room from a coaching point of view talking up for Simmons, are you? Because even if he takes some from the England camp, they don't, unless he takes an yeah. exit of coach. <laughs> yeah, take Rob Baxter as Rob Baxter, yeah. Yeah. Um, seven. Maybe we get Johnny Gray in the team as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seven for Patreons was only just Tamus Watson. We nearly, nearly cancelled some subscriptions. We need <laughs> <laughs> your money back. <laughs> I don't want your, your pounds. Filthy blood money. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the mesh. The mesh. Yeah. Um, six. I changed my six. I changed, I changed my six late because I had tag burn in the second row and then I put him at six in the end because I couldn't. Uh, I've I did too as well. Yeah. So is everyone have we all gone with Burnett? Six. <sighs> yeah. It's, it's a toss up between him and an out of possession Mauro I told you. I yeah, it's interesting. We might talk about that with the locks. I thought that Atoji had a particularly poor Six Nations. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Discipline wise true. and form wise. So I like he's definitely going on tour. But I don't think he's necessarily. I think he's got a lot to do to make the test team at the moment. Yeah. Given the form of others. Yeah, I think Byrne probably is ahead of him at the moment. But I think in a lot of ways, the Atoji, almost the the kind of hype that's been around him for so many years now, will probably see him there. Um, and again, like we can't. He has played well in the past, even though we all absolutely detest him and think he's a horrible human being on the park. On the pitch. Just to clarify, because remember, there's Marowatoji, the rugby player, and Marowatoji, the person. I know, I'm and just the, saying. No, no, and there's a third person. There's a third person. There's also Marowatoji, the poet. Uh-huh. He did an interview once where he, he talked about himself in the third person. He said there's also Marowatoji, nice. the poet, the person, and the rugby player. Marowatoji, the Range Rover driver. Yeah. He's yeah, so yeah, we'll see. But I think I think he might sneak in. I think you're going to see actually a lot of the almost the returning heroes from the the New Zealand draw, as I like to remind people. You know, they didn't win the series; they actually just drew. So yeah, um, locks. This was quite was tricky to work this out because I think that you know there, there isn't a four and a five. You just have to go with a kind of lock pairing. So I. The the Patreons went with Alan Wynne-Jordans and Maro Itoji. I've gone with 
Johnny Gray and James Ryan. Because I thought Gray had an okay... Until he got injured, I thought Gray had a good Six Nations, and I think he's playing quite well for Exeter at the moment. I think if Gray was still at Glasgow, I don't think he'd be going on tour. Yeah, that's fair. Who have you gone with, Ian? I've got um, Alan Wynne-Jones and Ian Henderson. Uh, Alan Wynne-Jones as the skipper. So I think... Alan Wynne Jones makes the squad then. So it's the so you've got, so we've got two votes for Henderson, one for Gray. Um John, who have you gone with? Yeah, so I I had um, Gray and Ryan, actually. I think uh, Gray and Ryan is a good match. So that so makes two votes for Ryan, two votes for Gray, two votes for Gray, two votes for Henderson. So Henderson. <laughs> so what we're one then saying is that we're putting Magnus Bradbury, the second row in now. Yeah. Sticking Black King hot Scott Steele. Scott Steele. <laughs> yeah. I say if you're so, watching this live, the first person that comments can get to choose the fourth. So you've got a straight <laughs> shoot between Johnny Ryan Gray, Henderson, Ian Henderson, and James, James Ryan. Ryan. And- so if you're watching this, and there are people watching this live, and you want to just type something in, the first thing that comes up will be the selection. We'll go on to talk about props. Um, while while we see if anybody wants to uh, jump in with that, um, who have you gone with then at uh, th- for three? I can never wait to work out which way around. Is it Lucid at three? Oh, Sally Beveridge. Well done, Sally well Beveridge. Done. You've yeah. come in. Well done, Sally. Sally, you've got in first. Unlucky Richard Hawks, though. We've actually had a second, but Martin Bell's also gone with. Uh, we've actually had second. That's been that's been seconded as well. To be fair, and uh, Richard Richard nearly got in there with Johnny Gray. Oh well, well done, guys. Well done. So that's how. Thank you for making that decision for us. Um, three. Which way right? Right. I get. I get these three. Three tight. Three tight heads. So I've gone with. I've gone with follow. Yeah, I think everyone's gone with. Well, long, I think yeah. everyone should go with Furlong anyway. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's mm. uh, Look, I think it will be that, but the arguments there, Xander had a decent tournament. Like, the, yep. game, yeah. the, the game and a half that he played plus the Italy game, uh, sorry, the, the France game, sorry. Um, he had a decent, decent showing and he's been coming on a lot recently and I think there's... Yeah. I think, I think you look at the stats, his stats and the work that he does around the park in terms of the rocks he hits as well, I think kind of stand him in quite good favour. We'll get on to talk about the Scottish definites and probables in a minute when we've done our 15 and we'll probably cover, work out where, where he fits in that. Yeah. Um, Hooker. It's quite hard because like McInally and Brown didn't get to play and I don't think, I'm not taking, well, there's Dave Cherry's obviously um, there or thereabouts. <laughs> with his with his phenomenal gas that he has, there is a hashtag. Um, Cherry for Lions. Cherry for Lions. Well, let's get the boys, get, rally the troops. Rory, call in the banners. If it, if it was a vote, we'd, 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 we'd be assured, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> um, the um, the Patreons, I think, went for um, Ken Owens, and I've gone with Ken Owens as well. I, I was thinking about it. Yeah. I think it could be a chance for us to sneak an Englishman onto the team with Jamie George, but he didn't have a great tournament. 
Yeah. It just it's not been a vintage, it's not a vintage year for hookers. Or indeed English like, players. Yeah. It oh, looks no. like a wee bit I know Jamie George usually looks a little bit Out of shape. portly, yeah, as a monster coach. The vociferous he told him a couple of years ago. I it wasn't the coach, it was, it was a doctor, he was just no medical advice. Who's <laughs> <laughs> once this doctor told him he was fat. You're BMI through the roof, lad. Yeah, I've gone with Owens because um, I just yeah, George wasn't good, and I think he looks even more out of shape than usual. Same yeah, with Michael I, Vinopola. I thought they were both honking oh. basically throughout the tournament. I, it's um, a shame. I think it's a shame for Brown and McNally because actually, yeah. just just purely for the uh, just purely because of a lack of talent elsewhere, they they, they wouldn't have had to have done. They just would have had to show up and been competent in order to kind of go on to we'll talk about this very soon but there's still a chance they could be on the tour because again oh, yeah. you're looking at versatility you know owns owns isn't exactly i mean i don't remember him covering back row i do do you have you seen him cover yeah. back row uh it was a oh, 19 20 season scarlet's had a ridiculous injury list so he played at eight a couple of times. So he did yes that's right it, that's yeah. right so he did actually yeah in my head you said 1920 season i was like that's a really nasty joke about how old he is <laughs> um, i get i get you now <laughs> who've you gone with at one then um patrons went win jones i've gone with win jones as well i think sutherland was okay I went Sutherland, but I think his arm may be screwed. Yeah. So he may not may not be able to. I've yeah. gone Win Jones, but um, that's, as as is my wont, I did a 23 again. Um, I'm surprised as well, because just because his experience, and Keen Healy will go. Mm. I was going mm. to pick Healy. Yeah, I think, I think Healy will be there or thereabouts. And I think, again, he's not had, you know, in that sort of position where there's... Wyn Jones is all right, but there's no real absolute standout in that position. So a bit of experience and Healy's had an all right season. Um, I think that he'll be there or thereabouts. Yeah. Um, I would I would love to see a kind of Celtic rainbow front row though with you know with Sutherland Owens and Furlong. That'd be that'd be yeah. great crack. Oh you know, banter in the front row would be quite something, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, I'm delighted to say we've gone for an entire 15 without a single English player. Apart from Ian, he picked Watson. Yeah, we didn't. He didn't make it. Watson he didn't make it. a cut. Neither did Sam Simmons. Yeah, True, actually, yeah. He's, he's not an English. He's an English player, but not an England player. That would be and, acceptable, wouldn't it? And, and I mentioned that other guy's name. You know. Oh yeah, you did. Uh, We've forgiven you. Yeah, um, the, so I'm picking Owen Farrell. I'm just rubbing everyone up the wrong way. <laughs> Um, so the, then, if we're, if we're looking at the squad, then and now we're kind of putting our our heads on rather than our hearts, and who we think Gatlin's likely to to take on tour. I've got um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight definites, including Sutherland, with a question mark because he may be injured. So definites is a with... strong word. Definites is a strong word. If we finish fourth, yeah, just to contradict myself from earlier. True, I've gone Watson, Harris, Sutherland, Ferguson, uh, Xander. That is Duhan, Hogg, Price, and Russell. Yeah, I th- again, I'll, I'll say it again. I think Hogg, uh, I think definites is a strong word, but I think 
all of those players are in the so if you were to come down to there's one spot in the plane and it's down to two players that player and another they are there or thereabouts like all those yeah. players have a, a real real shot at going in i think i think probably if i was to say definites the only definites i would say is hog russell watson i don't even know if russell's a definite mm, no I, i'd I like think, to I think he was, a turing but, party but yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying yeah, I but think yeah, with, Hogg and Watson, you should definitely go there. Yeah, yeah, I think with um, with Russell, it's more like, well, who else is there? So you've got Russell, Bigger, Sexton, Farrell, and Ford. Ford, yeah. So if it kind of comes down to what he does with Farrell, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, it's whether he takes Farrell. Whether, whether I mean Farrell, had, and again, he's not had a great. A great Six Nations or been on form lately, but he has been on two Lions tours, I guess. And he's not going to be playing any European games either to sort of keep him in the spotlight. It's true. Yeah. So um, the maybes then, and these are kind of, I think, Richie's a maybe, I think, as a, as a possible dirt tracker. The one thing I thought goes in Richie's favour is that what the Lions have tended to do traditionally, I think Gatlin buys into this, is you, is you take players on tour who are potentially going to tour again tour, in yeah, future. Yeah. And they've done that in the past. So this is the guys we want to just get you on Alliance to show you what it's all about, knowing that you're going to be there next time. So I've got Richie down for that one. As a possible. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a good, that's a very good argument for taking Fagerson on because, I mean, he's still pretty young, but he could easily be the starting tight head in four years' time. Yep. Yep. Um, Johnny Gray, I think, is a maybe. I think there's quite I, only because I think the depth at lock is stupid, ridiculous, yeah, it's ridiculous. elsewhere. So it, it's not that he's not good enough. It's just that I think there's, there's so many other options elsewhere. Um, Cummings, I thought, could is injured. I think, again, I thought, I thought this is one of. I don't know how bad his injury is. It was more again the Richie argument of he's potentially a lock that you would. He's probably the youngest lock I think out of the ones that would be available for Alliance Tour yep. if he's not injured. So again, that kind of long game that Cummings is likely to be there in four years. Um, the, the the absolute, but when we're talking about Bolter, is Cammy Redpath. Mm-hmm. I just wonder I th- I think, the mad thing that Warren Gatlin might do. It's the sort of thing Gatlin would love, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Also because yeah, I kind of feel like he'd be, he, he'd, he'd be rubbing Eddie Jones's nose in it as well. <laughs> Oh, poor Eddie. See, um, he wasn't such a numpty the rest of the time. We would all be feeling sorry for him just now. Um, shame that he is a numpty the rest of the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, good point. <laughs> um, Hugh Jones and Ollie Kebble I've got as maybe, just for the reasons we talked about already, just that, that it's kind of home turf for them. And if that even enters into thinking, then they might come into the reckoning as... Again, dirt, kind of you're there as a dirt tracker and holding tackle bags for people, but you maybe don't feel if you're in South Africa, that doesn't hit you as hard as if you're someone that's miles and hours away from home. The Brown last Brown and McAnally, maybe, maybe, yeah, well, well, that's maybe as well. True. The other two that I thought, and um, Ian McGillop's beaten me to it, is um, Sam Skinner. Um, yep. Ian says that Gats would love his versatility. I do wonder whether or not the, that, like you were saying about Simmons, Rory, that the X de facto that you might even see Sam Hildago climb 
get a call up again. This is a Warren Gatland two thing. I'm going to choose a Scottish player, but I'm not going to choose the one that you want me to pick. Yeah. I'm going to choose my own Scottish players to annoy you all. See, although I think versatility is a good thing, there's a lot of guys who do that sort of five, six. Um, like Burn. Yeah. yeah, Burn, Itoji. Yeah. Uh, even if he wasn't injured, Courtney Laws, who's been on Lions tours, uh, Joe Lodgebury as well. He's he's another one who's not been fit, and he's he's a cracking player. Um, although he only covers lock, but again, that shuts down a lock spot. Uh, spot, lock spot. Um, and then you've got your likes of someone like Josh Navidi, who we know Gatland loves and can play all across mm-hmm. the back row. So th- there are so many different sort of variables on it. Yeah, yeah. I, think- I mean. Size of squad's going to come into it too. Whether he can, af- how many, how many genuine open sides can he afford to take? Sort of thing. It's difficult because there's lots of reports saying he's taking a stripped down squad, but I don't. I really don't understand how he can. I actually think he's going to have to take a large squad because you. It's it's mm. in normal times you can take a stripped down squad because if you get someone goes down for an injury because it's South Africa, there's no time difference. You might have some altitude acclimatization, but you can get call somebody over. They can be on a plane and you know on the training pitch within. Mm-hmm a few hours, but you can't do that. You can't call somebody over and then stick them in a hotel for two weeks. Yeah. So he's going to have to travel with enough, which I think is where versatility plays into it, because he's going to have to travel with a big enough squad so that if anybody goes down injured, it's not it's not absolutely critical. Or if they get a run of injuries in one position, that they've got enough cover, because you can't sit around and wait for two weeks yeah. for a for somebody to be able to play unless they have like a, a holding party hotel somewhere in South Africa <laughs> filled with the, like geography six just sitting around by the pool waiting for the call just you would think 24th men yeah it's that thing you wonder whether from the geography six point of view that I know that Gregor Towns was saying that they haven't announced the, the what Scotland are doing in the summer yet but I don't know it just seems like you wonder whether or not they don't one of the other home nations goes and kind of does a shadow tour with the Lions for that reason, Possibly. with their own bio bubble, and then you can just say you can players can move back and forward. A bit like that's how I mean, essentially that's how Ryan Wilson got in to play against France. He'd, he'd done two COVID tests that week. It wasn't for anything else other than that he he didn't have COVID, and he was think we're, available. We were probably the winners of bio bio bubbles, were we not? So it should be asked because I don't Wales were didn't you know, a couple that were. Well, didn't Josh? Was it Josh? Josh Adams yeah. had a baby shower. It's a um, gen, gender reveal gender party. Reveal or something. Party, that was it. Yeah. Well, she should be. I mean, so she should be cut, banned from having a gender we'll reveal party anyway. <laughs> Cammy, come on. <laughs> Wash. Just ridiculous that's, idea. That's how wildfires start. Exactly. <laughs> People have done, but gender reveal parties have probably caused more deaths than I don't know, like something you than fires. I think they've been like exploding cakes and all sorts of stuff that have taken people's lives. Yeah, there was one, deadly. one I saw the other day. It's uh, somebody trying to like skywrite a message, and the plane nose dived into the sea. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, there's, there's been a couple of wildfires couple of, started because there've been fireworks that have been yeah. let off. Um, there's definitely been a cake exploded in someone's face. Just write a Facebook post, all right? Stop yeah. shutting off. <laughs> Nobody, yeah. That it's should be filed under, part. yeah, filed under the category of things that should not be a thing. Yeah, <laughs> the things things that should not be a thing that you break a bio. Definitely things that shouldn't be a thing you break a bio bubble for. Yeah. 
in the list as well, eh? Um, yeah, what about baby showers with waffles? It's <laughs> like mm. a double whammy then, isn't it? Double whammy, Depends what waffles. If it's if it's potato waffles, it's fine. Yeah. I bought some potato waffles earlier on today. I'm very excited about. Did you do them? In, do them in the toaster? I'm going to do them in the toaster. Yeah. No, that's, I, what, that's what real men do. That's the way to do it. I had a guy. I used to work with a guy who swore by uh, tin burgers, and he reckoned he could cook them in the kettle. <laughs> he said he used to come home after a night out, two slices of white bread, tin of burgers in the kettle. Oh, warm up. so grim. Good. So grim. I hope he had a separate kettle for making cups. I was going to say, yeah. no, he didn't. <laughs> nice fatty cup of tea Buff. for you there. Unless you cooked it in the tin, in the kettle. <laughs> no, I don't think he did that. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, that's quite disgusting. It does sound something like, you know, very master chef y. He's like, I oh, am, yeah, I'm going to cook this in a kettle. Uh, exactly. Yeah. 100 Jim was a sous vide burgers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Jim, if you're watching. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right, I think that we've covered the lines now, so we're going to move on. We've got a very, very quick one of these. Well, we're low tie and we're low closing, doggy back on in speedos, but I just want to know, did you see the legend that's doggy down the lane? Yes, it's Where's Dougie Donnelly. It's uh, your chance to tell us if you've seen anybody out and about remotely linked with Scottish rugby. And now that lockdown's over, hopefully uh, you'll start to get a few more sightings in. Um, I think the, the best one's still Dougie Donnelly with a bag for life in the Sainsbury's car park. Uh, although we did, I think Richie McCaw uh, playing bagpipes at a Wiggles concert we had a couple of weeks ago was uh, was pretty special That's as well. pretty strong, isn't it? Um but Sam Marsh got in touch. He slid into my DMs on Twitter and said that he once saw Ross Ford in the middle seat of an EasyJet flight from Bristol to Edinburgh in 2016. I the thought of... Can you imagine getting on an EasyJet flight and finding that Ross Ford was in the middle seat? I mean, I'm not sure that's safe from a safety point of view. I mean, you're going to have to have your arm rest up the whole time. We, <laughs> yeah, you'd be reading your book like that. <laughs> yeah. So, so when I worked offshore, there was obviously when you travel by helicopter, there is like serious, serious consideration has to go into the weight balance of the helicopter. And there was one guy I worked with, it was a Dutch lad, and he was utterly massive. He was like the Ross Ford of the offshore game. Uh, and like, it would take two men to balance out this guy. Um, <laughs> So that's yeah. a, did they have to send somebody out with a helicopter there and back just to balance the helicopter? Yeah, that's it. Basically, yeah, 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 yeah. They had to they had to ship in. It was like you know, like in Formula One, they use like weights to kind of weight down your, uh, you know, weight down the car. It's the same situation. It's like, John, <laughs> could you just put 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 these two lead things in your bag, please, mate? Uh yeah. So that's where's Diggy John Lee. So if you've seen anybody out and about, uh, let us know. Um, now it's time for this. <laughs> Who 
Yes, it's time for Hands in the Ruck, the Any Other Business section of the podcast where we ask you to get in touch with anything that's particularly annoyed you or delighted you uh, in the past week. Um, Ian, I'll start with you. We've got a few on Facebook, but I'll start with you. What's had its hands in your ruck this week? You look absolutely petrified as though you've not thought of one. Don't don't start with me, yeah. (laughs) I'm just constantly annoyed at everything. Um, John looks prepared. all, All the world. I've managed to work mine out just in the last three minutes or so. That's fine. Go ahead then, John. What's oh, your So I'm I'm a bit peeved at the reaction from so you know how Hands and Rock is basically my have a dig at Scottish rugby fans section. So yeah. I I'm a bit peeved at the reaction. Let's say the hot takes that have come out of Rassing absolutely scalping Edinburgh all over the place. Now, as much as I enjoyed it from a spectacle <laughs> From a rugby point of view. <laughs> From uh, a neutral standpoint, uh, no. Um, it's really interesting to see people reacting to what is probably one of the best teams, one of the best club sides in the world, utterly taking apart, a, you know, an Edinburgh side that, yes, they had plenty of first-team players in there, but no one is... <laughs> right. In reality... Edinburgh sneaked into the, the, the knockout stages of this ridiculous Champions Cup that we're doing by proxy, right? And they got drawn against one of the best teams and they get pumped. And that's what's going to happen. Scottish rugby is not in a place in the club game that we are competing with the Rassings, the Leinsters, even, you know, mentioned the, the dirty word, the Saracens back in the day. We don't compete against these teams because we don't spend tens of millions of pounds on our salary bills every year to attract players to our teams. And in some cases, spend tens of millions of pounds more than the salary cap. Um, so it should come as no surprise, to you know, by sheer finance alone, Edinburgh and Racing, there is about 40 points between them. And that's just the reality of it. That's just where we're at. And for people to be so incredulous about the fact that Racing, you know, I thought Richard Cockrell after the game was incredibly forthright and incredibly um, just totally engaging. I actually really, really enjoyed his interview because he was just like, you know what? We were up against a bloody good team today and we got gubbed. And that's what's going on. Yeah, we put plenty into it. We played well, but they're just better than us. And that's what paying millions of pounds for players gets you. Yeah. Uh, Pete Foster actually had this is his hands in the ruck um, on our super secret social media page. He said, Ember getting thrashed by Rassing. I wasn't expecting a win, but that was worse than we should expect. Worryingly, that was a load of first choices playing, but they were a shambles. He, were, he did say perhaps because so many of them were playing their fourth high-intensity match in 19 days. I think the other side of it is, I mean, it's you, you know they would have had little time together as a squad because a lot of the players coming back have been with Scotland for so long as well. So there's there's there is that given that you know they're not multi-millionaire millionaires who've the fact the fact that you're talking about a racing team that's missing Finn Russell through suspension and they go and they bring in Curtly Beal, they've got Curtly Beal starting. You know, you're like, all right, come on, guys, this is taking that wee bit. Come on, really. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, I, and you can argue, you can argue Edinburgh maybe didn't show up. They maybe were overawed by the the occasion. That's what Edinburgh do in knockout rugby. So you know that's that's understandable. Um, but 
you know, I, I don't see that anybody's coming away from that game thinking, right, you know, we've got you, you've got plenty to work on, but you just got pumped by a better team. Yeah, I mean, all up eighty four said there is there is competing John, and then there is embarrassing. You can, do you know what? See if you see if you're up against the best rugby players in the world and they put forty points past you. you that's what you expect. I've played in games where we've had a hundred points past us, and you know what? You do feel embarrassed, but you then remember the quality of the opposition you're up against. I can't and, believe I've just given you an open goal to actually say that Ember were embarrassing there, John. And no, you didn't I am, take it. I am. I'm not taking it because I am growing <laughs> as a person, and uh, I did say that you know, like. I may have enjoyed them getting pumped, but you know they were they were kind of in it for the first half hour. They got that try cut off, and it's the second Racing try, and then at the end they just capitulated. They did. They absolutely was it like buckled. Three, three or four tries in the last twelve minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which again put, probably put a more accurate appraisal <laughs> on the scoreline. But you know that's. You're up against the best players in the world. This is mm. what's going to happen. Nobody sits and play. You know, you don't go up against the All Blacks, take a fifty pointer. As you know, the comparison is maybe Racing versus Edinburgh is the same as All Blacks versus Georgia, right? And you know, Georgia wouldn't go and play the All Blacks and take a fifty point scalp and, and go. Oh, do you know what? That was really embarrassing. They would go. That's probably about right. To be fair, in terms of the gap between us. Yeah. Very good. Um, next, I have just compared Edinburgh to Georgia. Georgia. Bring the letters, guys. Bring them. <laughs> Feed my hate. I was going to leave that <laughs> hanging there, John. You that comparison. Um, Craig Manson got in touch to say he went to buy a Scotland women replica shirt for his 11-year-old who plays and wanted to watch the Six Nations game against England. Nothing available apart from a women's fit men's replica on sale. Am I not right in saying they promised one when they launched the new shirt? SRU want to grow the women's game unless it includes investing money into it. I'm getting fed up with banging my head on a brick wall with this. I think they released a limited run on the women's shirt. I know they had distribution issues early doors with it because I think Macron are based in Italy, aren't they? So I yes. don't I think there was a women's shirt with the Scottish Energy branding on it. Um but like he's right to check. I don't, there's none there's none available anymore. So I had a problem a couple of years ago getting a warrior stop as well. Um I, I, I think it's in that chase. I think the other the issue is it's in that stage of the cycle, isn't it, where we we're due new you know, Scotland had that I had a kit launch for the autumn and Six Nations, but Glasgow and Ember will be getting their new kits soon as well, won't they? For next it's season. Right. And... Now, the markup on these things is enormous. Yeah. So even if you did, let's say he asks for one and they, they just charge him an extra five or whatever. I mean, the markup already is included, you know, it's massive. So if, if he says, you know, if Craig orders whatever and they go, oh, we don't have any in stock. Tell you what, we'll, we'll get one knocked up for you because I doubt it's a very complicated process, you know. And like I said, you know, charge him an extra fiver, you're already making a buttload of profit. And then somebody sees it, goes, oh, "That's a pretty smart top. Where can I get one of them?" There you go, more orders. Mm. Um, if, they're, if they're underestimating um, merch, then that's you know that's cutting off. Yeah. For you. Yeah. Unless it was, I guess, unless it was like a trial to see what interest there was and they've sold out. So hopefully the next time the kit's redesigned, they'll be more available. Like, like I said, the markup, the markups are absolutely absurd for sport and kit. I don't really understand why. 
got you over a barrel. Prove you're a true fan and all that by the new scale. Oh, don't! That's been hands in the ruck so many times. Oh, that makes me so angry. Equal a season. (laughs) Although I did just order a training top from a reputable online uh, marketplace um, that is not the auction place, and. It has arrived today, but I am sad to say I'm going to have to send it back because it has arrived with the ink tag still on it. <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> and I phoned him up and it was, I got this lovely gentleman on the phone. He was just like, yeah, so sometimes the warehouse staff do that. Um, I'm really sorry. Uh, yeah, you can just wait for the shops to open. The shop, shops will be open next week. And I was like, I'm not in England, mate. Can not tell by the accent? He's like, oh. <laughs> I'll give you 20% off your next order if you keep it and uh, take it to the shops when it's ready. <laughs> but no, you'll send me a new one, give me 20% off anyway. Ah, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Medicine, medicine voice. I, I've, got, I've got the uh, return label arriving. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, my hands in the ruck is Matt Williams. Yeah. Um, it's, a, a retro, it's a retro, retro hands in the ruck. <laughs> yeah. He did a thing on... Um, Irish telly recently where he was interviewed it was like my life in rugby kind of thing and he was there was a couple of clips came out of him talking about his time with Scotland and the absolute whopping lies that he told during that like <laughs> provable lies as well were, were ridiculous he he was out bench at 44 years old he was out bench pressing some of the Scotland the Scotland backs apparently and um, he uh, also claimed that the SIE bought him a new gym equipment that he had to then assemble himself, but they didn't provide any weights for it and said that it wasn't in the budget for this year. And he'd have how to could, buy them. How could you how... bench press people if they don't have any weights? Exactly. And I was, I mean, me and McGeekin was director of rugby at the time, so he would have been the one saying, well, I haven't got weights in my budget. There's no way McGeekin is going to, Tell like not not buy a gym kit and then not make sure they come with weights attached. It seems. I mean, I'm sure it's a lovely story to tell, like an after dinner speech. I'm sure, but it was just. I like the the story where he was better at line outs than Scott Murray. (laughs) I missed that one. Something about so he was having to teach. They were having to figure out they had chairs with the England shirts with white shirts on, and they were trying, and none of the players could figure out who's they were going to take at the line out. Yeah, and um, I, I don't have it here. Uh, I think I remember the, the the loose five of the pack. It was Murray, Grimes, Simon Taylor, Jason White, and Cammy Mather. And you try to tell me they don't know how to deal with a line out. You try to tell me they don't know who's... You wouldn't it. say it to their faces anyway. No. <laughs> Maybe you get like, two, two or three lines in there, Taylor and White. Taylor mm-hmm. Scott, Murray, Scott Murray went on to be a line out coach as well, didn't he? Yep. Maybe yeah. Matt Williams taught him everything he knew. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's ludicrous. Which is, and which is why his team only have a 17% line-out completion ratio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's ludicrous. That's not... I, I don't think... I think, you you know, I can understand why he's trying to make his time in, as a Scotland coach, which was abysmal, look better than it was. But, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Though, you know, not. that's not the reason Scotland were rubbish during his term. <laughs> And they went from yep. like being semi decent under McGeekin to being utter rubbish. Well, when you sack arguably one of the world class players that you have, yeah, you know, um, 
that's going to do that. Yeah, I mean that that's in the Greg. You can go back and listen to we we talked about Gregor Townsend's autobiography in one of our lockdown podcasts, and there's a bit in auto, um, Townsend's autobiography where he talks about Matt Williams, who phoned him up basically and said, "Can you retire from international rugby?" And Townsend said, "No." So Williams said, "You put me in an awkward position because I don't want to pick you. You can uh, I'll, I'll name you in the squad, but don't bother turning up." What a classy guy! Yeah. The dark no, days of Scottish rugby. I know. We we genuinely some fans just now don't know they're born. Yeah. Like, like, like what some you of them guys weren't, are... John, and it's hard to remember. It makes me feel old though, sometimes, <laughs> right? Some of them weren't born. Look what, what these are going through now, and look what we had to go through. See these? I mean, actually, we're all twenty-four years of age. It's just that we look so much older. <laughs> Scottish rugby did this to us. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. There's about at least three lines in my forehead that were caused by Scott Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was that we point could get a lot of tattoos for each each frown line. Scott Johnson, <laughs> Andy Robinson. This is the time that Scott Johnson kept picking Ross Ford, even though he was throwing rubbish at Ryan out and doing crap in the scrum. Wouldn't he pick anybody else? <laughs> oh, um, Martin Bell, last last time. Martin, but Rui, you haven't thought of one in the meantime, have you? Uh, well, uh, interestingly, it was it kind of came, came on from what John was saying. Um, I saw a few tweets, namely one from uh, a newspaper south of the border that shall remain anonymous, but its name rhymes with Daily Bell- Belly Laugh. And um, <laughs> they, were, they were suggesting that Edinburgh's pasting had perhaps uh, done serious damage to the Lions' credentials of... of but I mean, the subtext was presumably why do they keep voting for Hamish Watson in these bloody polls? Don't they know <laughs> we're not going to allow him to get picked. Within the European the European Cup official Twitter account, were like going Ember rubbish, but look here's Hamish Watson being amazing during this game. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing; he's he is the one guy that's that, and I've made this point. I think last time I was on that he's he's been great even when the team around him are rubbish. So yeah. I don't think you know there's. Plus, he keeps getting voted in all these polls, so there's very little Gatlin can can do to not take him. Yeah, if you ask me. Um, Martin Bell's uh, has a record of celebrity Lions fifteens. <laughs> I think all Lions fifteens can get in the bin. Really, there's a. Yeah, I saw somebody just put out a tweet. It was I can't remember it was some parody account. who said, "I've seen your Lions fifteen. It's crap." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that's, that applies to everybody's Lions fifteens." There's no point debating it. Every, everyone thinks everybody else's is crap, so... Yeah. Squidges was all right. I like Squidges. Squidges' line, Lions 15 of Lions was was very good for, for April Fool's. Some Bolters in there I hadn't heard of, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I, like, so I like the fact they put Cecil the Lion at six because he's literally willing to put his life on the line. Oh dear. Very good. So that's it for this week. We've not quite hit two hours, but we've got there or thereabouts. Um we'll be back next week. We'll have the women's game preview next week. We'll maybe do a short podcast next week and we'll we'll maybe do something special for our patrons. We'll work on that over the next week. Um and don't forget, visit the blog, scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. Sign up for the Patreon if you want to have ad-free versions of these podcasts or even just condensed versions, which will probably get down to an hour this week rather than the hour and forty-five. By the time I cut out the nonsense. Um, 
But for the moment, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from Rory, John, and Ian. Ciao. Goodbye, guys. Thanks for listening. Good night. <laughs>